Hi everyone, this is Christy and today we're talking about social emotional learning again and you're going to love this integrated literacy-based solution for grades pre-k through 12 in both Spanish and English. School counselor Patricia Bryant is here to tell us all about Cloud9 World and while you're listening we'd be so grateful if you would pull us up on Apple Podcasts and leave us a star rating. Santa Claus is actually a personal friend of Ed Curation and has offered to reward you. The more stars, the more presents. This is for real. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. I've had at least 15 students who have increased more than four grade levels. He used theater as a tool to make great human beings. My expectations are high for all of them. One of the things that I really love about teaching is the fact that every day is sort of unique and different and strange. First, I'd like to start off by saying this is my 40th year in education. I've always known that I wanted to go into education from when I was a child. So I feel very fortunate that I've had the opportunity to do what I've always wanted to do. Patricia started out as a music teacher and then later completed her master's degree in counseling. I started um, counseling and I learned about um, the importance of social emotional learning. And then I got hooked on that, I guess, because of the arts and the expression it requires and the depth, I realized that I was kind of laying the groundwork for the counseling already. But I believe that becoming a counselor requires a lot of wisdom. So I did not become a counselor. I didn't start counseling until my 30s. I've been doing that ever since. As an educator with music, I'm originally from Ohio. And um, I moved to Florida, supposedly for a year. And needless to say, this is my 40th year. So (laughs) why would you ever leave the beach if you didn't? (laughs) I mean, who would? Yeah. So you're currently working at a district level or you're working as a counselor at a school? I am currently working at as a counselor at an elementary school. Okay. And in 40 years, you have seen some things come and go, (laughs) no doubt. Yes, I have. So we didn't used to call it social emotional learning. When did social emotional learning become a thing? We called it character education. And I have learned through the 40 years that a lot of times we change the name, but the concept is very much the same. Years ago, people just called it manners. You know, (laughs) that was like the skeleton, you know, or the fossil, I should say, of social emotional learning. And then later it became um, there are people who seem to be more emotionally sensitive and emotionally aware. And it became EQ. And then it evolved to character education, which has evolved to social emotional learning. That's just my theory. There's nothing, you know, research based that says that. That's not the official word necessarily, but it seems like in that snowball that has rolled along, it's also picked up some other things. We're also talking a lot about school climate and school culture. And in some ways, all of those things really integrate together with social emotional learning. But I feel like we've become a lot more intentional about it because now we have standards that we have to 
address. We have the Castle Core competencies, and there is a lot of curriculum. And I'm guessing that you're probably pretty involved in that in the school that you're in as the counselor. So what what does your school do to address um, student social emotional learning? Well, first, I would like to say, too, that social emotional learning has um, always been more intentional for um, students with exceptionalities because of the social skills component. I love the idea that it has become something for everybody. If we don't have a an emotional vocabulary to express feelings and communicate, we will um, express them one way or the other. It can be physically, it can be, you know, through um, non-compliance, things like that. All behaviors express something. So social emotional learning kind of makes it almost like a literacy component. You know, it teaches a vocabulary, helps people to verbalize more. Yeah. And it's a little bit more preemptive than we're just managing behaviors. Yes. Social emotional learning can be, like you said, preventive as opposed to um, intervention. As an intervention, you have to back up and try to fix it and unlearn behaviors. So you're not just putting out fires all the time. You're actually right. Right. And so how does how is that managed at your school? Do you have a school-wide program? Do students do it kind of sprinkled throughout their day? Is there a specific time period that's dedicated to social emotional skills? How do you guys do it? Well, needless to say, since the pandemic, things have been um, (laughs) kind of in a perpetual transition. However, prior to the pandemic, um, there was a schedule. I was going into the classrooms. Um, I used the Cloud9 World Curriculum which is a research-based social-emotional learning curriculum, which was wonderful because each student got their own book and um, that helped with siblings. And the books had different traits. And every month you have a specific social-emotional trait um, or character education trait kind of merges the two. There are different components of it. So teachers can use the writing component of it if they want to. There's a discussion component if they want to. I did um, this particular curriculum, Cloud9 World also has different field trips because it's global. So I call them virtual field trips because they take place around the world. And then you can, the students can explore these different locations around the world. Quick sidebar, in the course of this podcast on my work here at Ed Curation, I have seen a lot of social-emotional learning programs up close. And Cloud9 World is the first and only program I've encountered that includes these super cool virtual field trips for kids. I feel like this component, while valuable all the time, would have been a complete game changer during quarantine. I'm a Title I school, so a lot of my students have not done a lot of traveling. And it also fostered literacy. Students were having their own library at home by having these books. So that's lovely because it sounds like you're also bringing in a a very multicultural piece, which is really important as well. So if I'm understanding right, you're doing push-in instruction in the classes with using Cloud9 or each of the teachers is also using it? Is it both? It was a combination of both. 
Okay. And so it sounds like that you can also connect it or integrate it with core subjects. So science. Yes. Obviously you mentioned and maybe social studies. Within the books, there's a teacher folder that comes and it has each subject and it has the standards on it. So you can see exactly what part aligns with what standard and it has activities, suggested activities, and you can see how you would like to use it because it's so many, you cannot use them all, which is great because then everybody, you know, people have their different ways of conceptualizing what they would like to do. Teachers like, yeah, it's like choice. We all like choice. Mm -hmm. Well, so Patricia, I'm curious how you found out about cloud nine world and this is a two-part question, I guess. So how did you learn about this? And why did you choose Cloud9 over all the other options? There are so many options out there right now. What made you select Cloud9 World? Well, I was at a training, a professional development for counselors. They did a presentation there and I found it to be interesting. And then I found out that our district at the time had written a grant, which would provide for schools to um, be able to have this curriculum. I think it would have been six years ago. And because it's it takes time, you know, to make any changes, <laughs> it takes time. So I started the curriculum. Um, the kids were very excited about getting books every month because you get a book a month. So every month the books would come and the kids would get excited. There were posters for the teachers to place in their rooms that correlated with the book of the month. And then there were banners that had all of the characters on there, the animals and the name of the social emotional component that they represented. It also has a parent component. Each student gets their own book. That's how it was pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, every child in our school got a book. But um, actually, though, during the pandemic, it was wonderful. I was able to use the go via Zoom. The books are electronic also, so you can show them on the big screen. They have components that can, you know, like it highlights as it reads each word. Mm -hmm. So that was good. And it has a primary level and an intermediate level exactly the same pictures, exactly the same pages, but the intermediate level has more intricate vocabulary, okay. um, higher level, things like that. But the story is exactly the same. So give me an idea of one of these books. How are these books teaching social emotional learning skills to students? So many ways. They have books about um, like citizenship, for example, they use an eagle as the animal and then a person that lives in a park that lives near a park and how they talk about what citizenship means, you know, belonging to a community or an organization. It talks about characteristics of citizenship. You know, how does it show that you're a good citizen? Mm -hmm. But in the story, the eagle the, um, lives in the park. And then he talks about how the boy and his friends want to go to the park, but it's it's trash all over the park, things like that. So they decide to, you know, to do a project. 
and they clean up the park. And so the ego, Echo the Ego is like grateful because he's saying, my family lives here, you know? So that's still a component of citizenship. Then it has extra activities that you can do. And um, by being online, they turned it into interactive games, which I thought was really nice. And so that helped the students to learn about recycling, and they had to click and what can you recycle? What can you not recycle? Those kinds of things like that. Nice. And it was, um, as far as geography, that book took place in Michigan. So the kids learned about the Great Lakes because many of our kids did not realize. And I didn't realize until I <laughs> talked with them. They were like the Great Lakes. No, that's like the ocean. I go, well, no, it's not like the ocean. Yeah. So and each book has a little um, part of it. It's a little map okay. as part of the activities of wherever it is and the flag of whatever that country or whatever is. Wow. This sounds like very integrated learning, which I love. It just kind of has tie-ins and connections to all different areas. What were you, what was your school using before you guys found Cloud9? There was a book. Then it was character education. <laughs> so it was given to counselors for that. And it had different activities in there. But um, the creative side of me <laughs> would also find my own stories. Um, I would go to the library, things like that. So I was really grateful to see something that already had the stories so it sounds like it's really easy to implement. It's got all the pieces right there for you. It can be very easy to implement. Also has pre and post test. Oh, wow. And so what are those tests measuring? It's mainly measuring um, just the basic comprehension of the story. But if you want to do school-wide or something, they have an assessment of social, emotional, and you would have a group or your entire school, take it. And then you can use that to assess the, the strengths and the deficits that might need to be addressed school-wide if you wanted to do that. What would you say is your favorite thing about Cloud9 World? My favorite thing is the animals and the virtual field trips. Mm. The students get so excited. One of the animals that I got that question with when we did self-control and the animal was a seahorse and they actually show live footage of whatever animal. Oh, God. So the kids get to see the actual animal in their habitat. And some of the kids were saying, oh, that's not real, though. Right. And I go, no, seahorses are real. And they go, no, no, they are fantasy. So we had to really take time because they were just so fascinated that real seahorses do exist. They're pretty cool. They are kind of magical. I got to <laughs> seahorses are magical. Yes. Yes. So can you tell me, because as I see, you know, we're a curriculum marketplace. And so I see a lot of what's out there. And mm -hmm. sometimes I get sad when I see that a lot of these curriculums are having kids spend a lot of time on worksheets or on screens and not necessarily facilitating kids interacting with other kids or helping kids connect with the significant adults in their lives. Does Cloud9 World have activities that help students interact with each other and with their adults? 
I think it's something that just happens organically because when students read the books, the students often go home and talk about it because, you know, the parents will say to me, oh, you know, my child told me you guys had some book about generosity or a book about um, kindness and things like that and cooperation. Patricia shared a story of one student who loved to step on ants whenever he saw them. But when he read the book about cooperation and learned that ants are a community that works together, he started a crusade to stop all of his friends and family members from stepping on ants. While this change of behavior might seem silly or insignificant on the surface, it's a beautiful illustration of a child developing to recognize what psychologists refer to as the other. Children grow incrementally in their ability to step outside their own thoughts, needs, and opinions, but they need to be guided, nurtured, and provided with healthy examples in order to do this well. And this is a big part of social-emotional learning. And a great curriculum provides us with ways to do this in the language of kids, using content and examples that matter to kids. So, ants. And many of our students are first generation um, coming into the United States. So this is wonderful in that, um, the glo- you know, like the global aspect too is wonderful because some of the books take part in different parts of the United States as well as other countries. Well, I'm interested then because you said you have a lot of um, students coming from all different parts of the world. What, how do you accommodate with this program for your English learners? Many of our students are from the Caribbean and many from the Caribbean. Cloud9 World at this time has um, Spanish translations and they have some um, vocabulary words that have pictures that come with each book. So that accommodates our English learners and the fact of the looking at something and reading it to you. That accommodates our English learners as well as our students who have yet to become proficient readers. So that helps a lot. I talk to people all over who say they just can't find a curriculum because they need something that's provided in Spanish. And if I understand right about Cloud9 World, their Spanish materials are written by native speakers. They aren't just translated um, electronically. So that's that's huge that those are developed by native speakers, those materials. I also found their response, their customer service response to be very good. I've worked closely with them. Um, at times I've offered suggestions and they have listened. Sometimes, you know, I will call and I will say, you know, um, I'm just curious, the kids mentioned this, is there any way that could happen? And so they're like, oh, sure. Wow. So things like that. Um, they have another curriculum that's very young, that's Kiwi. And that's more for maybe kindergarten, first pre-K, K and one. Mm-hmm. And it's about emotional regulation. Okay. And so the kids like Kiwi and um, like in terms of interaction, one of the things they had for anger was about Kiwi taking a deep breath. The kids can actually see Kiwi's body, you know, inhale and you see the word inhale and then hold and then exhale and they could see it. Yeah. So that's fun. So this the Spanish thing is a game changer, but then also the the grade level, the grade band. So you talked about them having this resource for the very young children, even early childhood, but they also have high school curriculum. I, I think 
they have middle and high school curriculum. Yeah. Middle and high school. And um, I've glanced at those because I haven't had to, you know, I didn't have to use yeah. them. I work with the elementary, but I have found them very interesting and very um, age appropriate and to me engaging for that age okay. that, you know, the different things that I've found, the middle school ones, um, you know, I've noticed that they, they turn into like graphic novels. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that, you know, cause you know, our kids are like, Oh, I don't want to read a book, you know, middle school, that's not cool, but it's graphic novels and the topics. They've also implemented a mental health suite. Wow. For the secondary. I think that's really appealing for a lot of districts to be able to use one program consistently through all the grade bands, because so many districts are complaining of having to patchwork together all different programs and they may not really align that well with one another. So to be able to have all of that from mm-hmm. one provider for all the grade bands is really appealing. Yes. Yes. You told, I love the story you told about the little boy with the ants. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can give another example of a lesson or an activity that builds a castle competency that you've seen play out where a student has really been able to internalize or translate that core competency into their behavior. Tolerance, tolerance. I remember that so well because um, a lot of students are doing inclusion, which means, you know, students with um, learning differences. And they're mainstream, they're in regular classrooms. Right, and we call that inclusion. And so, but sometimes, um, you know, you have students that still struggle with the emotional, social emotional component of inclusion. Academically, they may do okay, but it's the social emotional component. And I remember one year, um, a second grade class actually, and there was a young man in the class and um, he showed characteristics perhaps of being, you know, on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. autism spectrum. So sometimes he could get frustrated really easily, really easily. And so um, the teacher was talking about tolerance and how within the community of our classroom and hopefully eventually the community of our school and the community of our world, try to be compassionate towards them and be tolerant instead of getting so frustrated. And um, Joshua at one point was having, um, was getting really frustrated. And about to have a meltdown and the class had studied tolerance and a couple of his classmates were like, Josh, that's okay. And they went over to him and he really, you know, he actually calmed down, you know, before he got to the meltdown because his classmates, you know, because at first it was, you know, why does he do that? What, you know, they, they didn't understand. They were in second grade. And so this was their first year with him in the class. And they were very, it's okay, Joshua, you know, don't get upset. Sometimes I get upset too. You can do, you know, like that. And when I went in and I asked them, I said, well, how did you guys figure that out? And then they said, well, we talked about tolerance. They told me about the book and, you know, that kind of thing in their own second grade words. Yeah, it's beautiful when you can see them applying that learning then you know that you're working with really good materials when you see that translating into their, into their behavior and into their other school work. 
You said that it's really easy to use. Can you talk for a minute about the learning curve for teachers? What's involved? Did they have to receive training? Is it kind of a turnkey where you just jump right in? Well, the training um, for teachers is what just require taking the time to look through so many resources and deciding which ones that you want to use. Um, I still think the counseling component is important because sometimes discussions come up that really um, garner the training of mental health professionals. However, the classroom teacher can use reading strategies when they're questioning about the book. Like, for instance, you can say, um, using information from the text, how do you think this character felt when? So that's a social emotional learning question, but it's also a reading strategy that they have to use in any, you know, any area of language arts. So this helps them to understand that that's not just for language arts. That's for anything I'm reading. And the students like it. They like the stories. They like the books. They like the activities. Yes, we did the communication one with fourth and fifth grade. Sometimes I use it as an intervention, too. And we did that because we had some um, concerns about texting and things like that with our fourth and fifth graders. And the communication book talks about how you communicate with people and the safety of a password. The interactive activities showed an easy password to hack or things you shouldn't use. So then there's application. You said there are exercises and activities that they can do. So they have opportunities to then practice these things and engage in that kinesthetic piece. Um, Who would you suggest check out cloud nine world Patricia, because is it just, is it for administrators and counselors or could any teacher reach out to cloud nine to find out about their resources? In my case, it started from, um, I reached out and then, you know, it was a district level administrator as well. Our district did a grant. I think um, the broader the use, the more effective and the better that it would be in terms of that. They also have um, different components. One is like the character education. Well, Kiwi is the emotional regulation. The other is the character education. And then there's building great citizens. Those are concepts like citizenship, um, justice, solidarity, you know, things like that, In um, taking initiative, equality, things like that. It's, the, it's those kind of concepts. And how long has your, how long has your school, your district been using Cloud9 World? My school has been using it, I think it's been about six years. Oh, wow. And would you say that there were any notable outcome improvements with kids since your district has started using Cloud9? My whole district is not using it. So I'm just speaking from my experiences at my school and a couple of other schools um, in my area that are using it. Um, I will say that curiosity has increased. When you hear students use vocabulary about things, um, it's often from the books. Um, They learn to look at animals differently. 
one of our books was kindness. And we talked about the different sizes of the elephants in kindness and how you can be big and have enough power to crush everybody, but you could still choose to be kind. And it doesn't show that you're weak. It's just a choice that you made. And um, I remember I went on YouTube and I happened to choose an elephant video and I ended up sharing it with the kids because it showed um, a baby elephant laughing and it sounds like laughter. And the kids were like, is that real? You know, it, it, it wasn't just like you say, it wasn't worksheets. It was, oh, I wonder there. And then, oh, I could Google that, you know, different questions. So what's the conclusion? Do baby elephants laugh? Yes. It, and it sounds like human laughter. I wonder what makes an elephant laugh. Well, they were playing with him. The caretaker was playing with him and they heard that sound and they were like, who is that? And I said, it's the elephant. Oh my gosh. I'm upset. Yeah. You, know I'm going, <laughs> you know, I'm going straight to YouTube after this. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share Cloud9 World. I mean, this is such a need for so many districts right now. And even though there's a lot out there, the decision-making process is difficult because... We want something that's going to be consistent through the grade levels. We want something that's going to include our English learners. And so it's lovely to find out about a resource that checks all of those boxes. I love it. I would recommend it highly to anyone. And just it expands your learning. That's my thing. Anything that creates curiosity and helps our children to look outside of the world they live in, the neighborhood they live in. That's my thing. It's global. And some of our kids have said, you know, I want to go to this place or I want to go to that place. Or, you know, I didn't know people dance like that. Opens up the world for them. Yeah. So good. Whole nother world. And we need, we're going to be a global world anyway. <laughs> so we might as well help our kids move with that. That's what technology does. Well, people can take your word for it, Patricia, because you've been on the job for 40 years. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you, for, Thank you for those years of service to our kiddos. If you, your school or district is searching for a pre-K through 12 resource for social emotional learning that is also offered in Spanish, you can connect to Cloud9 World through the episode notes. I've also linked to the baby elephant video. You're welcome and happy holidays. We hope you enjoyed this episode if so, please find us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a star rating, which will help us keep bringing valuable content to you and other educators like you. If you have a resource or topic you'd like to share, please contact us through edcuration.com. And while you're there, set up your free educator dashboard and start taking advantage of all the functions, resources, and learning opportunities available for free. We hope you'll join us again next week to reshape learning on the Ed Curation Podcast. Music